Welcome to the Krug Show, everybody. Larry Kruger with you with Vish Kumaran as I uh, am making my way to Las Vegas. Not quite there yet. Top up in Cal Poly. Kev's studio here. Then we are on to Las Vegas. Super Bowl 58. Here we come. And of course, the Krug Show brought to you by Pig and a Pickle. The best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. or until they run out. Pig and a pickle. Go check it out. We're also the Vegas trip. Two new sponsors to uh, tell you about Sharp Corner Sports Cards and Collectibles. They're at 205 Cypress Avenue in Pacific Grove, California, along the Monterey Peninsula. Talk to the great Anthony Catania this week. Give him a call. 831-521-5264. And then we're also brought to you by ValleyHillRoofing.net. And uh, they are a a go-green contractor. They do roofs of all kinds. Um, Call them for a free consultation. They're at 209-481-6851, ValleyHillRoofing.net. All right. Vish, how are you, man? What's going on? I'm good, Krug. How are you? 49ers are in the Super Bowl. What else is going on? Basically, every waking moment that I'm not asked to focus on something else, that's all I'm thinking about. I love it, man. It's absolutely awesome. We're um, going to be in Vegas tomorrow, and it's going to be be there the rest of the week, and we'll be bringing you stuff, sights and sounds from Las Vegas. And, um, you know, last night on the show, and thanks to everybody who was with us last night on the show, we had the great Steve Young in the house. And Vish, as only Steve Young can, he kind of capsulized, uh, encapsulated, if you will, you know, what he, he would say to the four. I asked him, what would you say if you were going to talk to the 49ers and try to help them win this game? And listen to this. This is just awesome. Here's Steve Young from the show yesterday. And let's see if I can make bring this up hold on gonna get out this is my one chance wait a second i don't know could you hear that even yeah i could hear it here we go let's try it again steve young let's say jed's came to you kyle came to you said steve you're one of the all-time greats in our organization we'd like you to talk to our team at some point and what would you say to these guys what would be your message i i want to talk to them way away from like before they left town just tell them you know super bowls are not won they're they're taken from bloody hands like you don't go out there and just win the game like it's going to be something that you have to rip from people and you have to have that mentality that 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 that's the kind of environment that i'm living in and we can't just wait for something to happen if you're going to have to take it from people then when do you do that do you do that just on game day no you start well before and you say to yourself, look, am I going to go run around town trying to see all the parties? Am I going to get out? This is my one chance at the Super Bowl. No, you have 50 chances at the Super Bowl when you're not playing them. This is the one where you got to go take care of business. So what do you think? Um, I love that. I mean, it's like you, you don't just win. Oh, wait a second. You don't just win Super Bowls. Um, there we go. Okay. Let me see if I get back here. Um you know, you gotta you gotta rip it from somebody's bloody hands. I mean, it's just like it just it's so could you and how well could you hear that by the way? Was it really faint? I, I could hear I could hear it great. And I okay. love the rip it from the bloody hands. And I think it's apropos when you're thinking about this game, especially, right? Because you're talking about the defending 
Super Bowl champions in the Kansas City Chiefs who have been to four out of the last five Super Bowls. Like, you literally are yanking the trophy against away from the team that's basically owned it, right? This is the team that has had the playoffs go through them every year, right? Nick Wright has coined the uh, AFC playoffs, the Arrowhead Invitational. This is the first year they've gone on the road. Like, so many dominant things. So I, I think it's a very poetic way to describe uh, this particular Super Bowl because it's almost like if you look at the Niners team performance, just aside from this year, the last five years under Kyle Shanahan, like this is the culminating moment. This is what they need to do. This is who they need to take it from to kind of cement all of their legacies as champions. No question. And the Chiefs are on top and the Niners are trying to to you know take what they have. Um, now that we're getting closer to the game, Vish, Give me your your breakdown of of how you see this thing. And let, let's start with the 49ers on the defensive side of the ball, because I think that's where I mean, they're going to be challenged on both sides of the ball. Let's be honest. But I think on the defensive side, you're going against Mahomes and you're going against Reed and Mahomes is three and oh against the Niners. And mm -hmm. Andy Reed kind of almost felt like almost felt like he was mocking Kyle the last time the Chiefs and Niners played with some of the things he did with McCole Hardman on the goal line. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Let's talk Niners defense, Chiefs offense. Give me some thoughts. I want to share some thoughts with you as well. I watched that Ravens-Chiefs game, and I and I took had some things that I took away. But if you're talking, you know, Steve Wilkes, Andy Reid, that little mental chess match, What do you, give me your evaluation or your breakdown on it. Yeah, if I'm Steve Wilkes, and I, one, I love two things about it. One, I love that he came out this week and questioned his defense's effort and yeah. said that they can't play with this kind of effort, right? And I like it for two reasons. One, Krug, if the 49ers had lost in the NFC Championship game, who would have been the stake scapegoat? The guy who they made the martyr week seven, right? The guy who had to give a public apology to the media five days after he made a call. That's the guy that would have been the martyr. And I love how he switched the narrative immediately onto his players. He didn't blame his players, but he said, don't look at me. There's a lot of talented players and we need to play better. So one, I love that smart switch up. And then two, that's what I'm telling them right now. I'm telling Nick Bosa. I'm telling Chase Young. I'm telling Javon Hargrave, you got $42 million fully guaranteed. Nick Allegretti is going to be right there in front of you. Justin Matabuke had a good second half against Nick Allegretti. Like, I'm telling Javon Hargrave, it's time to get going. I'm telling this defensive line, you got to go win the game for me. And then the other thing I'm doing, and I, I, I wanted to find the quote for you. I couldn't find it right here as I was talking. There's a good Mike McDonald quote from this morning in his introductory presser. Um, and it's just him talking about how defenses need to dictate to offenses. Um, the modern NFL offenses are too good, and you need to dictate to them a little bit. And I think that's the key to the game for the 49ers. They can't sit back and play soft early in the game and line up and play quarters coverage the way they they did against Detroit and the way they did against um, Green Bay for a little bit in the first half. They'll get chewed up, like you said, by Andy Reid. It'll look a lot like the game in 2021 where they're just going up and down the field. They got to be aggressive, and they got to take some chances early in the game on calls. And um, Krug, for me, it's the same topic from the two of us from last year – or last week, excuse me, right – we're talking about the Niners having to hit them in the mouth early. The Niners having to start fast. The Niners having to flip the game script on a team that's so reliant on the game script going a particular way. 
I think it starts from this particular matchup. And I think Steve Wilkes, who's taken some more exotic pressures in the second half where he's lined up guys at the line of scrimmage, had some sim pressures where the quarterback gets confused on who's coming, who's dropping. They had a couple of really nice Tampa 2 rotations where it looks like they're playing three deep. And then you go invert Tampa 2 and the safety drops down and plays the uh, middle read player. So they have stuff like that in the bag. They got to empty it right now. And I'm telling that defensive line, go win the game for me. This is the game, Krug. Chase Young, Randy Gregory, these guys were all brought in where you look at Jawan Taylor, you look at Donovan Smith, you look at Nick Allegretti, and you say go win the game for them. I agree. I agree. Um, you know what I love about this game is the fact that, you know, Chase Young has been kind of called out, and I get the feeling they're going to get a great performance or great effort out of Chase, and I'll take my chances. If you can give me a 49er D-line that was in the crosshairs this week, felt the pressure, felt the scorn of their fans and the public, um, felt probably the scorn of John Lynch and, and Steve Wilkes, if you listen mm-hmm. to Wilkes and, and, and uh, Lynch this week, Lynch vowing that he'd be shocked if he saw it again. I'll take my chances with the Niners going full bore. I really will. But when I watched the uh, KC Baltimore game, Vish, it there were several parts of that that made me nervous. Okay, one one of the parts that makes me nervous is that the Chiefs are a totally different team than they were six weeks ago. Six weeks ago, Mahomes was taking chances with the ball. They were running it around to weapons that were ineffective. Now they're going to Kelsey. They're going to, you know, Rashi Rice. They're going to run it with Pacheco. Against the Ravens, they came out in the first quarter and just went exclusively quick game. Everything was quick. Nothing, they didn't give Clowney or Owe or Matabuke or anybody any chance to go hunt quarterbacks. The ball came out super quick. Hot routes to Kelsey, little stop routes to Rasheed Rice, little turnaround route right in the middle of the field to Pacheco. Um, just the quick game. And then with the Niners and their struggles against the run, I think they're for sure going to get the quick game and a combination of Isaiah Pacheco running. And I think the Chiefs right now are just like, they're not trying to stand, make any stylistic, you know, imp- no, they're like, I feel like sometimes Kyle is like, let me show you how awesome this play design can be. I feel like Reed at this point is like, hey, look, we're just going to do the short game and Pacheco, and we'll just hand it to Patrick on third down and let him, you know, c- convert thirds with his legs. And we're not going to take any chances. We're not going to drop five steps. We're not going to drop seven steps. We're not going to give opposing pass rushers any chance to sack us. And then we're going to lean on in the second half a defense. I mean, the, the Chiefs have two stats that really jumped out to me, Vish. They have scored on their first possession eight straight games. And in this game against Baltimore, Mahomes started 11 for 11, all with the short game, all with the quick game. And then also Kansas City's defense is allowing only seven points per game in the second half, I believe, in these playoffs. So they're just, let's get ahead. Let's not take any chances. I don't care if it looks good. I don't care if it looks impressive. And we'll just move the ball down the field. We'll lean on Mahomes. We'll get a little bit of a lead, and then we'll throw it to our killer defense and roll the dice that that's good enough. If the Niners can solve, first of all, I think we want to see, Niner fans want to see Bosa and Chase Young beating these tackles because we know that's their advantage. 
But the Niners, before they even get to that chapter of the story, are going to have to take away Pacheco and the short, quick game. And if they don't, there's no guarantee that Andy Reid will ever drop Mahomes five or seven steps into the pocket and give Bosa a chance to beat Jawan Taylor. I don't. I don't. I think if if they Niners can't stop Pacheco and if they and, can't stop the quick game, they it's can't all be they're going to get. Aggressive doing it right because there's that great clip from the quarterback series of Mahomes talking about the Niners defense in 2021 and saying, you're going to play that aggressive against me. I watch film. And then they go back the next drive and hit a shot play up top to Marquez Valdez Scantling. So you can't take your, you can't be too aggressive either, but look, Larry, I don't think this offense is just that good. Frankly, like I think this offense has gone through its struggles this year. And now, like you said, they're not, it's not that they're, not doing anything crazy creative schematically they're still very sound they're just now winning the games by putting their players in the best position right they're simplifying the variables they're not giving the ball to players that may lose them games right like tony lost them games at the beginning of the year valdez scantling had an ugly drop versus the eagles now these guys valdez scantling has made some key catches but he's not participated in these games it's been all Rashi Rice. It's been all Travis Kelsey, like you mentioned. It's been all Isaiah Pacheco. It's been all Mahomes. And that's where I think that if you look the early start against Baltimore, you talked about them going quick game and all of that, but they didn't get thrown off of their script, right? They weren't put in an early situation where you can't not just throw the ball to these guys. And you have to make Mahomes play from behind and throw the ball to Tony or throw the ball to um Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And I think that's what the Niners need to create in this game. Because you're right. If you let the Chiefs play their game, and that's what Baltimore did, right? Baltimore's defense played very well in the second half. And Baltimore never felt close in that football game because the Chiefs were always ahead. The Chiefs always felt like they were in control. And then the Chiefs' defense is very good. If you let them do that, the Niners are going to struggle in that kind of matchup while having a more talented team than the Chiefs. Baltimore had that same issue, and that's where you have to change the game script on them. The Raiders game earlier in the season is a good example, right? Just grind it out, stick with the run. They hit some explosive runs later in the game, but they grinded it out for the early part of that game. They gave them um, issues. Yeah, I did see Randall Riley, by the way. I did see you mention the zero points. I waited to mention it just for you um, in the chat. But you, you, you're you a little preemptive with the points, not letting me go here. Um, okay? Uh, but... Um, so I, but the thing with the Raiders game is if you go back and watch that game, Krug, they kind of grinded it out and held a lead on them. They kept running the football and they held a lead on them. And eventually even Mahomes, as good as he is and as good as he's been coming back, this team is just not equipped to do that. Krug, those tackles really struggle to run when, when you're rushing the passer, this is a game. You got to look at Nick Allergetti and say, Javon Hargrave, I need one. We gave you this contract for this one game. Go. Go dominate this game. It's time. Go dominate this game. And 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 this that that's what they need to do, Krug. They need to flip the game script on them. They need to force Valdez Scantling and Kadarius Tony if he ends up playing. They need to force these guys to be a part of the game. Nick Allergetti, because the Chiefs schematically will protect these guys with the game script if you allow it to happen. And that's kind of what Baltimore did. And as impressive as the Baltimore defense was in the second half, everybody was like, oh, this is so impressive. The Chiefs were in complete control. It felt like the Chiefs, when they needed to, they were going to be able to score or get the get the first down to stay ahead. And that's what they ultimately did to Valdez Scantling. You know, it's funny. Randall says, tell Larry the Ravens and Lamar just forgot to run. 
What do you think of that? I mean, in a lot of ways, Randall's right on the money. I mean, the, the Baltimore had the number one rushing attack in pro football. They only gave six, six, excuse me, six carries to their running backs. I mean, how do you give six carries to their running backs? Yeah. Edwards ran for 13 yards a carry and only had three carries. I mean, mm-hmm. what are you doing? I mean, I, I got a question. I know John Harbaugh is considered to be a great coach, but is it, is that on Todd Munkin? Is that on Harbaugh? Is that on Lamar? I mean, they just seem like they didn't have the right game plan against Kansas city. And okay. So give you an example. I'm watching, I, I did a, a little hit with my buddy, Craig Mish in Miami. And right after he had me on, he had this sponsored segment with Warren Sharp mm-hmm. and Warren Sharp comes out and he says, you know what? The the Niners use two running back sets at the highest rate of any team in the NFL. Kansas City, now we're talking about the Niners on offense. Kansas City um, is allowing 5.2 yards per carry against two running back sets. That's 27th in the NFL, 23rd in EPA per attempt. Um, and they and they were 27th in both success rate and yards per carry. But the Chiefs defense is 30th if you look at success rate and 30th in yards per carry, averaging allowing more than six yards per carry versus two running back sets on early downs when they're playing their base package. And I just think Baltimore didn't take advantage of that enough. I mean, if a team is 30th in the NFL, giving up six yards a carry on, on early down runs, and you've got Christian McCaffrey, isn't that just don't look, you know, don't overcomplicate things. Don't just, yeah. Don't you just run Christian McCaffrey, a heavy dose on early downs in this game. And maybe that's the Niners secret to keeping Mahomes on the sidelines, dominating the time of possession and getting an early lead. I mean, God knows they haven't had one in it seems like forever. I, I think ideally. Yes. But I do think there's a schematic factor in this with spags, right? And what I think makes Spags so good in these kinds of one-off games where you're preparing for a little bit of time is he thinks outside the box and he takes chances. And he takes chances early in the game. And that's where you could point out that the Niners have certain levels of success with the two-back setup, right? The Niners are a heavy 21 personnel team. Two backs means it's Juszczyk and McCaffrey. And I agree with you. The Niners' approach in a lot of ways should be to simplify this game and think about their star players. I, I mean, look at these guys in Super Bowl week. Debo, Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Nick Bosa, Fred. They're ready to go win. Just let them go win this game for you. Set them up to win this game, right? Put the ball in their hands. I agree with you. But what the Chiefs will do early in this game, and this is what I want the Niners to do as well, is they'll take a few chances and run blitz and try to scare the Niners out of running the ball against certain looks. And if they are able to successfully do that, in my opinion, then they can scare them out of this game script. I agree. On paper for the Niners, this is a game where you just rely on your dogs, which is, you know, they have special players, right? The Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL, one of the best we've ever seen. Um, Debo Samuel is a special player with the ball in his hands. Brandon Ayuk is a terrific wide receiver who's had, a, you know, one of the most efficient seasons we've seen in a long time. George Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Trent Williams, like when you have these guys, it should be just grind it out and win this kind of game with these guys on paper. But I do think just not 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 to necessarily disagree with your point, because I agree with it in a lot of aspects. But I do think Spags will take some chances early in the game to make them not 
run the football in these spots. And and I think it's on Shanahan crew. Like I think a blitzes, lot of this you're expecting some run blitzes. Some run blitzes, some maybe fronts that they wouldn't expect against certain looks like, oh my God, they came out with this front. Against this look, they played it this way all the time because it's the Super Bowl. Both teams kind of have studied the crap out of what each other are going to do. Both teams expect each other to do certain things. You got to take some chances. And what I appreciate about Spags and Andy Reid is I think they take those chances first and play ahead. And I think this is the chance for Shanahan and Steve Wilkes to do that because if they can get ahead on this team, they just got to let their guys go eat, right? Like if you give these guys a lead, if you give Nick Bosa a lead, you give you know Christian McCaffrey a lead, you give Debo Samuel a lead, I think the variables of this game change, and I think their confidence, they'll go win this game for you. You know, it's interesting. Is it as simple as this? Somebody sent me a note, said the Niners zone running game this year, first in yards per carry. Kansas City versus defensively versus zone runs, 31st in yards yep. per carry allowed. I think this this was Mina what Mina Kimes posted on Twitter. That was her. That was her line. Yeah, I think that was what she posted. And on she's Twitter. pretty sharp. I mean, not right. you know. I mean, I know they missed Eric that... Nadi, man. They're not as big up front. They used to be a lot bigger. We talked about this last week. The 2019 defensive line was maybe not as talented player for player. Like a Carlaftis might be better than you know the third best defense. I guess Omenahue's hurt, so now he's the second best defensive lineman. But they had they had a lot of big bodies and they were deep. This one doesn't have as many big bodies. What do you, I mean, okay, so that's, you know, we're talking about, you're talking about John Feliciano blocking Chris Jones consistently. So that's where, yeah, like they might be good at running the ball until it's second and seven and Chris Jones makes one play for a three yard loss that changes the entire game. So that's also that my bad. I didn't interrupt. Well, okay. So no, a lot of people would say, Hey, look, the 49ers are stepping way up in class defensively. They, they took on green Bay. Green Bay was 28th against the run. Uh, they took on Detroit. Detroit was a sieve. Their pass defense, their corners, just pathetic. Much, much worse than what Kansas City is going to have to offer. Kansas City, you've got Legereus Sneed, who is as good a corner as there is. I think Trent McDuffie is one of the great young nickel corners in the sport right now. So you've right. got those two guys. And then Justin Reed's a pretty good football player. Mike Edwards is a productive interceptor. Um, Joshua Williams from Fayetteville's got a lot of length and athleticism. Jalen Watson is the player. starter. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? And Devin Bush had a key interception last week to, to in the second half against the Ravens. Um, how do you think the Niners? You mean Dion Bush, right? Dion Bush. Yeah, excuse me. Um, how do you think the Niners receivers match up to the to the um, KC secondary? Well, I. I don't know if they match up great, like in terms of just these guys playing pure bump and run man coverage on these guys. Like who who beats Legarius Sneed this year? They play man coverage versus everybody who beats him. You know, Trent McDuffie is just a really good all-around football player, really good blitzer, good player versus the run playing nickel. They play a lot of nickel um versus the run he's forced to take on a lot of responsibility. He does that well. He's a good player in man coverage. The other corner is Watson is also quite good. So, I mean, nobody really beats them. But I, I think the Niners, I mean, one, Ayuk has to be key. And Krug, I think the one question with Ayuk early in his career, if you remember, was he struggled to get off the ball. And this will be a cool game to just see that growth, right? Because Legereus Need is going to press him for a lot of this game. 
And it'd be fun to see Brandon Ayuk get off the ball against Legarius Sneed, right? You get to see that growth and that maturation from him. And then the other guy to me that's the key is Juwan Jennings. I think that that's going to be a tough guy for them to match up with, with his size, his physicality, his quickness in and out of breaks. I think he's going to be a funky matchup for McDuffie, especially in the slot. I think he has a big game in this game, especially on third down. And when you're talking about like who I feel matches up best, I don't necessarily love the Snead Ayuk matchup, though I still think Ayuk, I don't think Snead's going to be able to take Ayuk out of the game. I don't really look at Debo as an individual matchup versus these corners because I think we're going to seldom see a Debo catch where it's bump and run man coverage on the outside versus Snead or McDuffie and they're throwing him you know, something outside the numbers. I think a lot of Debo's touches in this game are going to be manufactured and it's going to be about how can Snead, McDuffie, Mike Edwards, Justin Reed come down and tackle Debo, which is a completely different game. But I, I think Jennings is the other guy if we're taking the matchup away from Ayuk, that that's going to be a little tricky for them. And I think Jennings is the guy that's going to have a big game. Um, not, not in terms of stats, but in terms of, oh, when we look back on it, if the Niners win, he made two or three very meaningful catches on third down. Um, I think it was Baldinger that might have been asked about, you know, Brock Purdy in this game. And he said, you know, he goes back to the Nick Foles game when Nick Foles beat beat Tom Brady and that he said going into that game, Hey man, Nick Foles is just going to have to make, you know, five or six big throws in this game. If the Eagles are going to have a chance to win. And then you look back at that game and he made 10 big throws, right? Um, <laughs> he made he, everyone. He, he was fantastic that day. Um, and then he kind of said, you know, Purdy's the same way. It's like, you know, he doesn't have to be perfect, but he's got to make 10 good throws. I, I, how do you see Purdy in this game? I mean, to me, I think this is the game where on one hand you want him to keep his aggressiveness because you want him to keep attacking downfield and putting pressure on the, on the chiefs. But at the same time, I kind of think this is the game where it, it might be in his best interest to take the check down and dominate the time of possession and keep Mahomes on the sideline and see if you can, you know, convert in the red zone and score touchdowns and put some pressure on Mahomes just by, you know, because I I think the, you know, last time the Chiefs had the better offense and you were waiting for it to explode. This time, I kind of think the Niners really have the better offense. And if the Niners can get to 30, 35, I think Kansas City is going to be hard pressed to get there uh, and match them. Right. I, I like I like the Niners chances a lot if they can get to 30 against this Chiefs team. And that's kind of weird to think about because we always think of Mahomes and, and Reed as explosive offensively, but this they the Niners are the team that can really um have to be like respected as far as the points can that they can score. Uh, I, what do you how do you see that? I mean, what do you yeah. think Kansas City is gonna score in this game if you had to guess? Yeah, so I we I mean we discussed the score, we discussed this last week, right? Kansas City in the regular season did not beat a team that scored more than 20 points against them. 20 points was the maximum they beat. Now in the playoffs, they beat the Bills, who scored 24 points. So in a lot of ways, if you score points on Kansas City, you can beat them. But how are you going to score points on Kansas City? And then if they play from ahead, it's almost like they're able to just reduce the possessions in the game like they did to Baltimore, where you don't even get a chance to score that many points. I think it's difficult to play a very controlled game manager style against this defense and that coordinator in particular, because I think they take too many chances, crew. So it's very hard to execute up the field against a team that's going to sometimes 
you know, create opportunities and chaos on defense, whether it's sending a zero blitz out of nowhere, whether it's having this crazy ass safety rotation, whether it's having a crazy blitz that forces you to throw it into a spot, but they also have that spot covered with somebody else waiting. They're going to take their chances. I actually think the opposite. I think Brock needs to be nice and aggressive in this game. You don't want him turning the football over. But the thing is, when you're playing a defense and a defensive coordinator that's going to take chances, you're going to get your chances too. And what happened, if you go back and look at the first matchup, 49ers versus Chiefs, again, I don't want to go back and rehash this game because it's not emotionally fun for me to talk about it either. But Garoppolo sucked in that game. If you look at the early chances that they had for explosive plays when they did get the Chiefs in the opportunities they had, he he was inaccurate. He sometimes didn't make the throw. He missed the throw. And I know this is with the same guy that had stats that looked like he was going to have the Super Bowl MVP go back and watch that game. He missed a bunch of throws and a bunch of opportunities. And finally, they reduced the game to a point where they were able to dictate it on certain key possessions by blitzing, forcing, and they spooked Garoppolo. Garoppolo didn't know where to go with the ball. After a while in that fourth quarter, he was scared. And, and that really what is what culminated in his performance. I think with Purdy, you look at the Ravens game, you look at the number of explosive plays they hit and how aggressive they were. Now, they were unlucky with turnovers in that game, but they had their chances um, in that game. And I think similarly, I, I don't want to say like, oh, be overly aggressive, Krug, but there's going to be chances against this defense because they're going to have to take chances against this offense. And when 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 they do take those chances, you have to capitalize. You have to be aggressive. You have to have some big plays. And I think Purdy will do that because otherwise I think Spags will just keep reducing possessions, keep reducing possessions. And you can only play conservative against him so long until he kind of just spooks you. You know, it's it's to me, it's um, what's so challenging is is Mahomes is the ultimate, you know, factor on third downs. It's like he's fearless. He reads the field. You can't really speed him up. No, nope. um, he he just plays at his speed. You can't sack with, him. You can't sack him. He's got options when he escapes the pocket. I mean, Wilkes said it best this week. He's like, you know, defending him, you almost have to defend two plays. Kind of reminds me of Russell Wilson a few years ago, where you got to defend the play that's called, and then you got to play defend the the off script. You know, we're gonna make it something happen, kind of a play, and he does. He does both, right? He 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 off script. He'll make stuff happen. So um, it's going to be a huge challenge. It's going to be an absolute huge challenge just to try to defend Mahomes. And then I, Mahomes. Let is me also- ask you this. Let me ask you this. If you removed Mahomes as the quarterback of the other team, right? You look at all of these great things about the Kansas City Chiefs, but you remove Mahomes and you put any of the other thirty-two quarterbacks on this Chiefs team. Aren't we sitting here saying this is a slam dunk game for the 49ers? Aren't we sitting here saying we're not shocked that they're favorites? Aren't we sitting here saying, yeah, like the 49ers should win this game? I feel like the only thing stopping all of us from saying that when you look at this matchup as well as the Chiefs has played is that they're able to play that way with number 15 executing perfect, playing like perfect, perfect. They ran the ball, though, with Pacheco and the A-gaps against the number one defense in the football. Okay, yeah, okay. And they did it on the road, and now you're going to lean on Hargrave, who doesn't stop the run, and Kinlaw, who sometimes doesn't come off blocks, and Harmstead, who's awesome, but, you know, it seems like he's got the plantar fasciitis issue, and the Niners have struggled. I mean, 
is Pacheco an easier back to defend than Jones, than Montgomery, than Gibbs? What do you think? I think in space for the Niners, honestly, yeah. With Pacheco, the question is, are you are you going to let him grind you out, right? Because it's his violence that wears you out over the course of the game. It is, I I think part of it is because of the hair, and he wears number 10, and Marshawn Lynch wore 10 in Cal. But he does have, like, a style that resembles Marshawn Lynch in some ways. It's like a wild, you know. It's wild. Kind of, it's aggressive. Yeah. It, every single Lots play energy, is the same energy. Yeah, but but in space, this is not even a question, right? Jameer Gibbs is like hard to get your hands on in space. Like he'll make you look funny in space with insane speed um and quickness and all of that. That's not Pacheco. And Jones is one of the craftiest runners in the NFL in terms of being able to set up blocks, and he has amazing, amazing vision. Um, that's not Pacheco either. I, I, I think that it's not that Pacheco doesn't have the subtleties of the running back position to the extent of Gibbs and, um, Jones, but I do think it's a different style. And the question is, will the Niners have that physicality for, you know, 60 minutes? What, what would make us question them to not have it against Pacheco, right? Like you would think they should have that. And again, you're telling Javon Hargrave Krug when you're in Vegas, just need one buddy. $42 million, just need one. Allegretti in front of you. Go get him. Go get him. You know, it's funny. I know Nick Allegretti, and I've had him on the show before, and I texted with him earlier this week and just said, hey, man, congrats. You're in your moment and this and that. I'm excited to watch you on Super Bowl Sunday. But, you know, he knows me, and he knows there's no way I'm rooting for him. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm uh, I'm happy for him. He's a friend of mine. We've had him on. I root for him, but not, I ain't rooting for him on Sunday. Um, let's, uh, let's hit some supers here. Ron Holder in the house, uh, has this one. Where is it? Ron? There it is. Larry, what's up with the Cle with Cleveland Farrell? Is he playing in the Super Bowl or is he still out? He is on IR. Yep. So his season done. is done. And if you had told me at the time that that was the deal, man. Um, and it's like, be careful what you wish for. I mean, I thought Cleveland Farrell was a weakness early in the year. But as the season progressed, the guy kept playing harder and harder and harder and making a weekly contribution. He's good against the run. He's a little bit better than you think against the pass when he's fresh, like early in games, early in halves. Or if you can keep him fresh, he can give you a, a high-energy rep. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I didn't think I'd be missing Cleveland Farrell right now, but I'm missing Cleveland Farrell because the motor runs hot. And yeah, me and you were the Cleveland Farrell haters this yeah. offseason. And now we're leaning yeah. on guys that aren't playing hard. Right. And I, you know, that's the thing. Chase Young's like, we know we have to do better, you know. And the only thing I would like to have heard him say is, I know I need to do better. You, you know what the funny thing is? I think this playing hard, and, and this is why I brought it up in terms of Steve Wilkes bringing it up. I think they've been hiding behind it a little bit because they've been making these mistakes all here. It's not an issue of them not playing hard. Teams have run the football on this team all year. Krug, yeah. you've been talking about this since preseason. Yeah. And in reality... It's, it's, it's an excuse. It's a way to be like, hey, don't look at the fact that we've spent so much money on this and we went and got Steve Wilkes and we haven't fixed the fact that we're not executing our run defense, right? Like the defensive tackles are getting washed out on a lot of plays. I'm not Safeties even are not coming up making tackles. Would the Niners be better against the run if you took Javon Hargrave away and put in Charles Amenehue and Samson Ebukam and Aziz Ashair? I mean, technically, yeah, they, yeah, I think they'd be better if they'd kept the numbers and kept those guys. So, 
You know, I mean, I, I like the idea of Hargrave, but man, Hargrave hasn't been the same player for the Niners. He hasn't as he been was. who we thought. He hasn't no. been who we thought. And I, this is a point somebody made to me uh, on Twitter. I got a DM from somebody, um, Grimon Prada. Shout out to him. He DM'd me and he said this point. I haven't really thought about it, but I'll throw it to you. He said, what it, we didn't, we've never really talked about how, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles played a lot of five man fronts. And Javon Hargrave played in a lot of five-man fronts. Do you think that that has anything to do with the fact that he was such a good player for them last year? And, you know, he struggled here for the Niners this year. Yeah, it's a great point. And also, you know, it, it falls right in line with what Grant has been saying. Grant's been arguing that if the Niners are going to win this game, they need to go against Mahomes in this Kansas City offense with five-man fronts. What do you think? Would you go with five-man fronts and try to play man on the backside somehow? Or are you going to... Try to go with five man fronts. You know what though? Play some I, kind of some kind of zone version of that. One playing man against them, especially if you're going to double Kelsey and stuff, it, it takes you out of like you can't play man against them on first and second down because this is a team that's going to run the football right. Like this isn't shotgun spread it out where every single play like New England did back in the day. You can rush five against them and play man and double Kelsey and you play it with different, all kinds of different leverage and all stuff like that. You're going to have to play zone to stop the run on first and second down. I do think you're going to have to take your chances with man coverage, but I, Krug, let me ask, let me ask you the inverse of this question. Do you trust Ambry Thomas to play man coverage on how many different third downs, whether it's against Marquez Valdez Scantling or whatever? Cause I, I feel like they will target him. They will test his confidence. It's not even a question of ability. The fact that they see a player who's lacking confidence, they'll test his confidence early in this game. And so that's where I don't know that you can just live in man coverage. You're going to have to take your chances for sure. And Ward and Lenore especially have come up big. And Ambry Thomas has had his moments of confidence. But one, because of the run game, you can't you can't play man coverage on first down and stuff like that because they're going to run the ball with, you know, Pacheco. And then two, you got to take – you can't – play man coverage for so long and then leave Ambry Thomas in positions where they expose him. I mean, you got to be smart down and distance wise, but overall I say get up on the line of scrimmage and challenge them on every play, because if you don't, they're going to just, they're going to go to these free releases, the short game. They're going to possess the hell out of the ball. They're going to keep your defense on the field. They're going to run Pacheco, have some success, run Mahomes, convert some thirds keep you on the field all day and that's what you don't want if you're the 49ers you you want to win possession and have your offense on the field with a lead you if you don't want to get into a situation where Kansas City is not impressive but going on 16 17 right, 18 right. play drives right because you're also and, taking your offense out of the game at that point and that's right. your best element in this game exactly exactly Scotty B says what's up Larry did the studio get repossessed I'm in Kev's studio. We're, we're doing this in trips. So I came to pick up Kev and we're off to Vegas later tonight or early in the morning. We'll be there tomorrow. Scott Fowler says Colt McCoy is a must watch video on covering Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Uh, I can imagine his underdog fantasy videos have been awesome. Really? I'll have to go check yeah, you out. should check them out. They're really good. Underdog, uh, shout out. You're sponsor. There, there you, you go. go. How about underdog. that? How about that? Links in the description for the snowflakes. Krug, do you have, uh, do you have, do you have one worry, Kyle? Kyle, do you have no worries? Kyle will find a way to be weird, abandon the run again when it should be a run type of game to lean on the run. Um, 
I'm a little concerned just because sometimes some of his feel has been a little askew. I thought that, you know, they should have run the ball more against Green Bay, but I mean, Green Bay may have stacked the box and, and did in certain situations. Um, but I thought they should have tried to, you know, run more on Green Bay and, and then in the game against Detroit, um, you know, I think Purdy did a really nice job. It's keeping drives sustained. Um, you know, if he can do that, if he can, you know, that's the one thing about Brock Purdy. It's like, if you can get to the fourth quarter and he's got a shot, you know, this guy's going to be like Mahomes in some ways. He's going to run. He's going to run for first downs. He's going to extend drives. I mean, he is a winner. I mean, that's the one thing about Brock. I do feel like Brock, if he gets into a tight game in the fourth, he's not going to not going to shrink in that moment. Um, as far as do you have worries, Vish, that Kyle gets too pass happy? It's cost him in the past. Not necessarily too pass happy, but I, I wonder, for me, Krug, this game for the Chiefs, is a little bit more X's and O's in this game for the Niners is a little bit more Johnny's and Joe's. Like I look at this matchup on paper and I think Kansas city is reliant. And I, I know I've been so redundant saying it, but to me, they are reliant on this game script where they need to play from ahead. They need to play from their head to allow their defense to dominate and, you know, close the game for them and allow Mahomes to control and dictate the game where they don't have to force him to target players that frankly are not very good for them, right? So they need to play from ahead, and I think they're stuck in this game script. And so I think that's where their opening game scripts and everything is very important because they need the game to go a certain kind of way. For the Niners, I think they're capable of winning every kind of game. They've shown that through the entirety of the year. I saw the stat this morning that they're one of the they're the only team other than the nine, 18 and one New England Patriots to be favored in every single game this year. It shows you how all around talented they are. They just need to rely on it. Their dogs got them here. It's time for Shanahan to just rely on the fact, sit back, relax, and rely on the fact that you drafted a Debo Samuel. You drafted a Brandon Ayuk. You drafted a Nick Bosa. You traded for a Christian McCaffrey. You have the more talented team. Put these guys in situations to let them just go thrive. Don't make it so schematic. I, and it's not, I don't want to, I, I sound very reductionist because there is an element where football needs to be schematic. I just don't think that it needs to be perfect on every play because the I, I don't want to use the Raiders game as an example because it feels you know somewhat random at this point. But I, I do feel like the way the Raiders just grinded the Chiefs out over the course of 60 minutes is something the Niners can do to them. The Raiders did run it with a lot of success. We ran for 150 in that game. Right, um, and it was late, right? They stuck with it and grinded it out and grinded it out and hit big runs later. And they just kept that lead, kept running the football, and kept putting Mahomes in situations where they're down 10. And he has to spread it out, and he has to throw the ball. And he's frustrated because those receivers are not that good. Like, you can throw them out of their element. That Chiefs team has not disappeared. They just haven't been put in situations to reappear. Yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on. I really do. I think that analysis is absolutely spot on. If you look at the Raiders, the Raiders frustrated them. And um, Mahomes will get frustrated if they're behind and they don't have um, that run game. The question is, can the Niners stop the run? How concerned are you about the Niners' ability to stop the run after what we've seen the last two weeks? 
the and last that's where I, I, you got to take some chances early in this game, Krug. You got to take a couple of chances. You can't just come out here and play even front, you know, quarters coverage. What kind of chances you're taking? You, you want to see some you run blitz? You some can run get, blitzes. You get on the line of scrimmage and you better hit the right spots. Check then. out of runs, right? I, I, I think that, yeah, you better hit the right spots, but they're going to just clinically go up. Even with this offense, if you play soft quarters coverage the way the Niners did versus the Lions, we talked about this last week, how it felt like Ben Johnson just had the code cracked on the Niners defense. They were just going up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, the Niners' first genuine stop in that game, I think, was one of the fourth downs, one of the controversial fourth downs in that game. So it, it took them a long time to stop that offense, and they kind of just outlasted them. The Chiefs offense with Andy Reid and Mahomes, they're too creative schematically. I mean, you pointed out what they did a year ago with Nicole Hardman and all those guys um, coming into Levi's. They'll do the same thing to the Niners defense. You got to be more aggressive. You got to take your chances. You got to be creative. If you come out and do what they what you do against Mahomes and Reid, especially early, and it's it's something that they can take advantage of, they'll do it even with you and me as their receivers. And neither of us are running 4-3, let alone 4-4. Yeah, no, they'll just five. they'll just do little stop routes and and you know the 49ers get better get up on the line of scrimmage and really challenge Kansas City or they won't even see any downfield passing game and there'll be no chance for for Chase Young or Bosa to play any role in this game at all. And, and I doesn't it not favor them? Like you look at Rashi Rice, is that not a guy that Mooney Ward can press and give issues? I don't think there's any doubt he can. You know, that's the other thing. The 49er corners, Demo and and Charvarius Ward could be keys in this game. Uh, both those guys have been outspoken in their confidence, and that's what you want to hear, by the way, in your corner tandem is guys that are confident they can shut the opponent down. Juan Torres says, hey, guys, my lady Melissa is a huge Niner fan. Can you guys say shout-out to Melissa Romero? Go Niners. Melissa Romero, hey, shout-out from uh, from Larry and Vish. Yeah, shout-out Melissa Mer Romero, excuse me. Melissa Romero, go Niners. It's a tough name to say real fast. Melissa Romero. Say it five times. Yeah. Melissa Romero. The second M Melissa Romero. The second M, dude, in Romero. Yeah. The second Seriously. M. Yeah. It's a very difficult uh, thing. But, Juan, uh, there you go. I uh, hope you guys have a great night. Thanks for supporting the Krug Show. Thanks for supporting Vicious Channel. On the subject of corners, we'll talk about it, too. Niners Corners got a tackle in this game. Like, if you want to talk about, okay, what's the difficulty in playing Pacheco? They're going to challenge the Niners secondary to tackle, and that's a tough guy to bring down. Different ways from Gibbs and Jones, but just over the course of the game, the physicality, the violence, the energy. No doubt. No doubt. Man, I, I don't even like seeing Chris Jones on the stage last night. I was like, God. He's scary, isn't he? He's he is a boogeyman. Just, he's just awesome, man. That guy's awesome. James Foster says, Chiefs defense doesn't get a lot of turnovers. They do yep. get a lot of sacks, but 49ers gave up the least amount of sacks and a many Hughes out. Quarterbacks they played are Zach Wilson, Bre uh, Bailey Zappi, Russell Wilson, um, Aiden O'Connell, uh, Browning from what's Browning's from? Nate, Nate Browning from Cincinnati, Browning, Washington. Folsom, Dante Pettis's former quarterback. And Easton Stick, yeah. So they haven't, you know, they that you're right. They haven't faced, um, you know, quarterbacks in in this level of an offense. Can they shut down the Niners? We're going to find out. 100%. And I love that he brought up that they don't force a lot of turnovers because I think that that's been like a talking point in this game without us bringing up the fact that Kansas City doesn't force a lot of turnovers. And I, I know they 28th, I believe, two, in turnover right, ratio. And I, right. They forced two against Lamar. 
They almost had one against Josh Allen, but this isn't really a team that takes the ball away. This isn't like Rashad Breeland's out there in the secondary picking things off. You know? Oh, Super Bowl 54, I'm thinking. Gary Schetzel. Uh, I don't think Kansas City respects the 49ers at all. They seem cocky and arrogant, playing it up to the crowd. The 49ers look all business and hungry. I agree. I agree. I really? don't. Think, I, I don't. I don't think I don't Kansas find... City uh, believes that the Niners can beat them. They feel like they've got the Niners' number. I think that too, but I don't think that it's a disrespect to the 49ers. I think they respect the 49ers just fine. I think they're just. I mean, crew. They, they think they're badass. Four out of five times, like this is this is routine for them. They come into the Super Bowl and do media day like it's doing uh, beginning of the season pressers for everybody else. Like it's what they do. So I, I just think that they're so uh, confident because of that. And then Krug, I mean, are we not playing into it a little bit by making them the underdogs? Like, this is what annoys me. Like, how can America do this, right? This is one of the most, like, dominant teams of my lifetime. They're strutting around with confidence unknown to mankind, just like this was just mentioned. And they're the underdog, and they're out here getting booed, and they're playing up to the boos like, oh, yeah, keep that up, Niners faithful. Like, nobody's booing you. Nobody's doubting you. Well, 10-1-1, and I think, isn't that Mahomes' record as a favorite well, in his career? I mean, he's, yeah. he's, I mean, the guy, I, you know. he, he'll have a winning record regardless of how you tie up any stat with him in his career. I'm sure you could do similar things with Brock, but I don't think Brock has ever been, uh, I think he's only not been a favorite once in his career, and that was the game he got hurt against Philadelphia. I love what Brock said there. Like, yeah, are you ready to send uh, Taylor Swift home unhappy? He's like, yes, yes, I am. Uh, Christopher Walker, agree with Vish. Good more, song, wouldn't it? More, exactly. More confident with Purdy than Jimmy G. Oh, God. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Um, Titus Moeller, my two favorite 49er YouTubers. Thanks again for the stream. Thank you, Titus. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Cryptic says, what do you think Manning did well versus the 17-0 Pats to succeed? The Chiefs don't have a mystique, but Mahomes does bring that fear factor. I think if you go look at that game, you know, the Giants hung around, but I think if you, I think it was the Giants' offensive and defensive line. I mean, um, their offensive line with all those, all those badasses, guys like O'Hara and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they, 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 their offensive line was really, really good. And their defensive line put heat. deal. Yeah, their de- their defensive line put um put a lot of pressure on the quarterback on, on Brady. So, you know, I think that's really it. I mean, there's no there's no real secrets here. Chris Jones is a menace. You're get, catching a major break that Charles Amenahue is not in this game. Can the Niner O line win against this Chief D line? Now, without with Amenahue, who was rocking and rolling, I would say it was going to be cha- a huge challenge. Now, the way this line looks, it looks like Chris Jones, and I'm not crazy about the other guys they have there. So, you know, I mean, Chris Jones is amazing. Can you block Chris Jones? And then on the other side of the line of scrimmage, you know, can you stop the run in the A-gaps between Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, between Creed Humphrey and Allegretti? they got some great combo blocking ability, and they run they run up the middle. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they try to test the edges on the Niners because the Niners have struggled to defend the run outside the tackles. But in this game, Kansas City's strength is how well they run it between the guards. Now forget the tackles. So I, I'm going to be real eager to see how well the Niners stop the run. If they don't stop the run, it's going to be a long freaking day, man. 
it is going to be a long freaking day. Yeah. I'll go to the other element of this game, right? You touched on it briefly. Um, oh, I thought it. Sorry about that. <coughs> there we go. I, I had the sneeze coming. It wasn't coming. Then it finally came. Timing. It's all defense, timing. It's all about, right. you, know, you got you to get the sneezes on time. The Giants defensive line was dominant in that game, right? This was Spags. This was the end of Strahan. He gets a little too much credit, in my opinion. That was Justin Tuck. That was OCU Manura. That was Fred Robbins. That was Matthias Kiwanuka. Those were the real players on that, you know, defensive line. Strahan just has the recognizable teeth, the retirement that coincided with that game, as well as, you know, the Fox personality. So that's who they talk about. But it was Justin Tuck. And OCU Manura. You had Brady coming into that game with a bum ankle as well. And they hit him. They hit him low early because this was before the Brady rule. Remember? The Brady rule that you can't hit the quarterback below the knees only came in 2008. The right. next year when he got hurt week one against the Bills. They didn't have that rule before. So they hit him low early. If you remember that game, Brady had his ankle wrapped up. And I remember clearly because Brady laughed, right? This is a part of Brady's legacy nobody brings up. He's got like the Jordan-esque mystique where his bad moments will never bring up. Brady laughed before that game saying, oh, we're only going to score 17 points or something like that. And they scored 14 and they shut them down. It pisses me off the, to this day that Eli, I know that escape and the miracle David Tyree play was insane, but it pisses me off to this day that he was the Super Bowl MVP. Like they're the, the Patriots defense really had their way with him. He scored 17 points and it came down to one really good throw in man coverage versus to Plexico Burris versus Ellis Hobbs. But till then, like they had their they had their way with them. And was it versus Ellis Hobbs? I think it might have been versus Samuel. But either way, they had their way with them. Samuel dropped a pick, if I remember correctly, earlier in that game. And so they had their way with them. It was just their defensive line. And it's the same thing for me. If I look at this game, it's it's a different kind of quarterback. Because like you talked about, Krug, the second part of the play is so alive with Mahomes. So yeah, like you can rush him and create pressure, but it's not like he's easy to get down once you rush him and create pressure. You can often create chaos that he thrives in because he can make your rush get out of position and out of lanes and now create even bigger plays down the field. But this is a game you got to look at them and you got to say, Bosa, look at Donovan Smith, Chase Young, look at Jawan Taylor. Like these are guys you can dominate. Javon Hargrave, you can dominate Nick Allergetti. Like, you can do this. Like, you can go win this game. You got to tell your defensive line. Tell them all week to me, Krug. Tell them all week. Maybe you got to tell them yourself. Like, they got to go win this game for the Niners. Like, it's time. They make I've done my part. I've done my, I've done my part to shame them. You know, I, I, I tried to shame them. Uh, we'll see if they, if they you know, come out with their hair on fire. The Niner D-line's got a fire in this game. There's no doubt in my mind. They got a fire. St. Patty says. It, don't they? They do. Oh, it's do or die. It's right here. Um, St. Patty says, thank you for the truly excellent content this year, gentlemen, and cheers to a great week. Let's get this. Go Niners. Let's I like go. that, St. Patty. I like Come that. On. Come Brian on. Castillo says, while, uh, wild, would you, would you, or would you run Debo more in this game? Yes, I absolutely would. I want to see Debo. Come on. When the money's on the table, I want to see Debo. I want to see Debo. When the Niners offense feels like it's really cooking, Debo's a part of reverses and arounds. He's setting a tone. He's making it's big the energy, plays. right? More he, than that, I feel like the Debo downhill getting the roll. ball early in the game 
the physical tone it sets, the energy it sets, it almost makes the Niners that much more intimidating. And I think that you're going to need that early in this game. I'd love to see them intimidate the Chiefs. Chiefs intimidate everybody. And some of that is warranted and some of that is just based on mystique. And I don't think this Chiefs team is as good as the last four years, Krug. I think this is the weakest one they brought to the playoffs. You know, that's interesting. I will say this. In some ways, I look at this game as you got a second chance to do this the right way. You were leading at halftime. Debo was the favorite to win the MVP. He got two fucking touches in the second half of that game, and they lost. Now you're getting an opportunity in the same situation. Hopefully Debo's healthy enough. Get him two halves of great football, and you're going to be wearing rings. I really believe that. you got to get him the ball. He's got to touch it in both halves. Him you're getting Christian an opportunity. Man. Him and Christian Him and McCaffrey. Him and McCaffrey. Kittle, Kittle too, but I, <laughs> you can't get everybody the ball at every play. I would well, say those I mean, two probably Those two guys. Chris yeah. Lavelle says if Fortnite's win the coin toss, should they kick or receive? I mean, they're going to kick. Yeah, I don't mind them kicking to you. I, I like the they're concept of deferring and all of that. I think that makes a lot of sense. But you have to go execute the process of doing that. You can't waste 45 seconds with the ball in the opponent's 40-yard line. Yeah, no, I mean, um, we know what Kyle's going to do there. I mean, yeah. we do. Lawless light. I hope we run the ball down their damn throat and allow George Kittle one of those special plays outside the back, outside the back for an open touchdown. I like that. If they get uh, the run game going right, they can just start dictating to this defense. They can change that, right? Because no now doubt. you got to worry about the play action. You can start getting guys moved out of place. You can dictate down and distance, right? Like, is Spags going to bring an all-out blitz on a first down? Maybe. But that's really risky, right? You're getting him away from his exotic third down calls to stop, create stops, create punts. Artemis says, what will the Niners offense do that Baltimore cannot? I think run the ball and, and commit to the run. That's one. And then I think, you know, it comes down to you got to make the plays on third down. I mean, Lamar had a pass batted out of the sky by Chris Jones. They had some penalties. Um, he he overthrew a couple guys. I mean, you got to be sharp. You got to be on your game. You're not going to get a lot of opportunities. You got to convert on third down. You got to keep your offense on the field. It's as, really as simple as that. We got Eric Mauerman. Weapons also, right? You nailed that in the pregame. The Niners' weapons are going to just give them a lot more trouble than Baltimore's. I oh, I think there's no doubt. Yeah. I don't. I the one thing I didn't like about Baltimore all year was the weapons outside of Zay Flowers, and Flowers was kind of unstoppable in that game. He just made a crucial mistake. Mm -hmm. I mean, turnovers are going to be it. If you're minus two at the end of the day, you're going to lose. So you better you better take care of the football. Eric Mauerman says, "Where do you rank this team with other Niners Super Bowl teams?" It's really hard to say because they have a lot of premier talent, but they have they haven't really fired in these playoffs. Um, can I tell you after the game? How about that? I'll tell you after let's, the game. let's go between 12, 19 and this one, just because like, for example, like I know 94 had number one offense, number one defense. And I've seen a lot of those games, but I didn't like live through it. You know, I, I you know, I, I, I hate to be this guy because it's like, everybody knows that I'm pro Purdy, but to me, it's really comes down to the quarterback. I mean, Kaepernick was an awesome talent, but he didn't throw with any anticipation at all. And so he waited for guys to get open and then he tried to laser it in there. As far as Garoppolo, Garoppolo was just thoroughly unimpressive in that game. He threw a terrible interception in the first half. Um, and now you got Brock Purdy, who I think has a little magic to him. He's a more accurate, he's smarter, he's more competitive, he can run. 
I, I mean, he can't run better than Kaepernick, but he can run so, better than Jimmy. I like, I like, uh, I like this team because of Brock. I think they're, I mean, let's be honest about this. Quarterback is a huge thing in the NFL. The guys who have special quarterbacks win. The question is, do you think Brock's special? I do. So I'm not, why would I abandon that thought here? I, I do think this is the best team largely because of Brock, partially because of McCaffrey. Um, but the defense is not as good as those defenses. And uh, the run defense has been an issue all year. They're going to have to really sell out and get it done in this game. I I hope it's not a, just a lot of Isaiah Pacheco and the Niners can't stop it. Yeah, so I think this team is definitely better um, than 2019. I think it being more experienced, the 2019 being so young, right? When you look at the Debos, the Bosa's being rookies and all of that plays into it. And then you talked about the Jimmy versus Brock. With 2012, I want to see what happens with this game. I'm copying out a little bit. But in a lot of ways, this defense reminds me of what happened in 2012, right? The 2012 defense was so good until week 15 when Justin Smith tore his tricep um, versus New England in that first half. Then New England lit them up in the second half. They didn't have a really great end of the season. They got lit up in the playoffs. If you remember, Green Bay lit them up in the first half with Dwan Harris a week after selling cars, scoring touchdowns in the NFC Divisional round. Atlanta, yeah. Julio Jones was the greatest player we'd ever seen for a quarter of football in the Georgia Dome um, versus Atlanta. But the one thing they were doing similar to this defense, actually, is they were shutting down teams in the second half. That's what was happening. Remember, they shut out Green Bay in the second half. They shut out um, Atlanta in the second half. And then they got waxed in the Super Bowl, taken up and down the field pretty much for the entirety of it by Baltimore. And Joe Flacco. In a lot of ways, this defense reminds this team reminds me of that one. Now, I don't know if the result in the Super Bowl is going to be the same. That it just reminds me of the fact that the defense kind of fell off near the end of the season and got exposed as we got into these higher leverage games. The reason I want to I'm waiting is because if this defense shows out and plays great in the Super Bowl, then it changes the entire conversation because that one didn't in the Super Bowl. That one got torched. No, no doubt. Uh, Javier Sierra says, uh, what do you guys think of Jim Harbaugh's coordinator moves? Not um, you know, it was Jesse Minter, right? He took Jesse Minter. Minter's the defensive coordinator, right? He brought him from Michigan. By the right. way, the classic Harbaugh Har Harbaugh's yeah. loyal. Right. But they, they, I mean, come on, they spend through the bags in, in, uh, coordinators. Does anybody forget that they paid everything to bring Don Brown to Michigan before they went and got Mike McDonald? Like, do you remember Don yeah. Brown? Yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, I'll say this. Michigan's defense had an awful lot of NFL players on it. They allowed the fewest points in the nation over the past two seasons, 13 points a game. Right. He was Minter's a finalist for the Broyles like Award. Um, What's that interesting? Oh, no, I was Minter is supposed to be like McDonald. So there's the, yeah, who's to be now very the similar. head coach right. in Seattle. Right. And then and Roman. Then Greg Roman. Yeah. I'm not a Roman guy. Um. You know, I don't know. I I think Romans had some questionable big games uh, where you're sitting there going, really? That's your plan? Are you a Giro guy? I mean, I, I think he's smart. There's not, no doubt he's smart. Um, but it seems, I mean, it's, it's always a run-heavy scheme. Um, I Yeah, I'm not a Roman guy either. Crew. Who's going to be the back I'm not, there? I'm not sure. I'm not shocked by him doing this, though. The thing with the Harbaugh-Herbert approach, it's not that I don't think Harbaugh will win games with Justin Herbert. I just don't think it's going to look how people want it to look. It's going to look how Jim Harbaugh's teams look. They're going to run the ball. They're going to be conservative as all heck. They're going to grind it out. They're going to play physical. It's going to be us versus the world. But they're not going to drop Justin Herbert back and beat creative. 
because that's just not the Harbaugh style. It's not John Harbaugh style. We saw even with the adjustment this year, like, well, all they needed to do this year was run the football, and they didn't do that. And it's not Jim style either. And to me, it'll be, you know what's more interesting to me, Krug? It is what's that? as good as his tenure with the 49ers was, there were issues that I'm never going to forget. And I'm never going to m- misremember or retell the story of Jim Harbaugh's tenure with the 49ers, right? Was he an excellent coach? Yes. Did the Niners achieve unprecedented success, especially, you know, given their recent history at the time with him? Absolutely. But did they also not win a Super Bowl in that era because Harbaugh was ridiculously conservative? Because Harbaugh would have issues with offensive play calling? Because Harbaugh's clock management in terms of delay of game, pre-snap penalties, all of these things was kind of a mess? Yes. And so to me, when you're talking about having the Chiefs in your division, I don't doubt that Harbaugh is going to win games wherever he goes. That's what Jim Harbaugh does. He's a great coach. But to win the bigger games, is he going to fix these issues? This isn't like Michigan where you can create a season of great talent discrepancy and run through everybody with the best offensive and defensive line pretty much in all of college football. So I'm interested to see if he improves there because that to me will dictate whether he wins a Super Bowl there or not. I didn't like the fact that when he was with the Niners, it seemed like they couldn't get plays called on time because right. he had so many voices on the headset. It was right. He, he was there. Yeah. Johnny Morton calling the pass game. Right. You had a pass game guy. You had a run game guy. You had a red zone guy. You got, he's there. I mean, it's just, it didn't seem like there was too many cooks in the kitchen there. hundred percent. Yeah. I, it, did it ever feel like their offense had a clear vision other than the fact that they wanted to run the football in every game? Well, and then think about this too. If for us who watch tons of Niners football, Close your eyes and think of the number of times the 49ers wasted a timeout during Harbaugh's regime because they couldn't get a play called in time. And then right. picture how many times you've seen that happen since Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. has been the play caller. It it happens like three times, four times a season. It was happening like two, three times a game, it seemed like, with Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, you know, I mean, and maybe that's me. Maybe those rates are not quite accurate, but that's my perception of it. Cryptics is five days away. How would you rate the 2023 season? Well, what does he mean by rating? Like, on a I mean, how do you rate scale? anything when your goal is to win a championship and you're either going to or you're not going to? I mean, it's been fairly successful because they got further than they got a year ago, but this is an organization that views themselves and judges themselves based on do they, or do they not get the sixth Lombardi? We can complain about it. We can say it's not, there's no perspective in that, that it's joyless and all these different things, but that is it. And we can pretend it doesn't exist or we can lean into it. I prefer to lean into it. So I would say it's not a success if they lose this game. If they lose, if they win this game, it's obvious it's ultimate success. So, I mean, it's like, it's like we talked about it in training camp. I mean, when you're the Niners in this kind of a season with this kind of a roster at the tail end of this kind of a run, you know, you only allow yourself elation or devastation and there is no middle ground. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you're absolutely right. Um, in the grand scheme of things, there's not much else I can say. The one thing I will add, though, is that just looking at Brock Purdy specifically, I, I would say that if you told me at the beginning of the season that he would practice through training camp, he would play the entire preseason, he would play the entire season, have no injury setbacks, have no lingering rust, and look improved as a quarterback than he did a year ago, I, I would call the Matt Niner season a massive success regardless of what That's the a good end point. result That's was. That's a great point. Yeah, 
That's a great point. I mean, that's that's you know a little bit more perspective than I'm sharing there. Cryptic right, says, but, but what you said it, it, when you really look at it, right? The variables. That's just a that's a silver lining. That's looking beyond the. Trees I mean, you're totally looking, right, and yeah. I think that that is healthy way to look at it. Let's just say that. Uh, what I'm saying is kind of like, you know what? Sometimes if you're going to climb to the top of a mountain that's this tough to climb, you have to have that kind of, there is no, you know, there is no acceptable uh, thing, but, but what we want. So that's the way I'm thinking, but you're right. I mean, when you look at Purdy and how, how far he's come and where they're at, you know, if you're going to have true perspective on this, you'd say, you know what? These people talk about the Super Bowl window closing. I don't think it's closing. Your quarterback's young. Your head coach is young. Your GM's young. You're finding good players on day three and after the draft. You seem to have mastered the free agent um, deal where you're taking compensatory picks. You're getting some great players. You're letting most of the rank and file free agents walk. I like that. Um, I like their equation. I like the way they're doing it. They're also getting lots of picks from all these different directions off compensatory picks and coaching hires and so I think in a lot of ways they're doing a lot of really good things. I don't I'll be hugely disappointed if they lose here, but I can't honestly look everybody in the eye and say they're done. They'll never get it done if they don't get it done here. Um but I do understand the Let me ask need to have singular focus. It regardless, I mean we're seeing this with their defense, right? And this is kind of a bigger picture topic for off of this. Well, we talked about it this offseason. I brought up the stat that they've had four straight years of having coming into this year a top five defense, right? And we're talking about historical success in terms of defenses having longevity beyond that. Legion of Boom, five years, and then O2 Bucks, five years in a row of top five defenses. We're talking also somewhat unprecedented success, regardless of whether they win or lose the Super Bowl for this team, right? Four NFC championship games in five years, two Super Bowls in five years is unprecedented success as well. Now, if they win the Super Bowl, I think everybody comes back regardless, because that's just what happens when you win the Super Bowl, right? To go to the perspective of if they lose the Super Bowl, are we talking about is this somewhat the last hurrah? for this core of Niners that's been to four Super Bowl, four NFC Championship games in five Super Bowls. I'm not saying is this the end of Shanahan and this era of 49ers football. I think that continues when you have a cheap quarterback and you make good decisions as a front office and you have an idea of how you want to build a team. I'm totally with you there. I'm talking about this iteration with this core, this identifiable core built around Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk and Fred Warner right? Like these core 49ers players that we've recognized that have been a part of all four of these NFC championship games. How long can you sustain success like this going in, playing long season after long season? Am I, am I premature on this conversation? No, I think it's, I think it's fair. I mean, it's like you've, you're eventually you all those extra games start to wear against you. Um, and then let's be honest about this. I mean, look at the 49ers where they're at. They let's be totally fair about everything. I think, um, they're going to need a quarterback backup besides Brandon Allen. I think, right. uh, I think what some calls going to move on Darnold. Um, Oh, you think for sure? Yeah, I think you so. Think, though, somebody will give him a chance to start. I just think that he's not going to want to stay here where he knows there's a guy who's like this established. who's this okay. young. Okay, I think he'll go sense. somewhere else to try to compete. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll stay here. Cause he, he likes the system, but he didn't play much. And then, you know, they I could definitely see them adding, you know, maybe one kind of dynamic weapon, maybe with some speed, either a runner or a receiver. 
Um, and obviously right tackle is a major need and maybe one more interior starter along the offensive line could be a right. need. And then your but left I think tackle the of real, the future to be groomed well, behind. Yeah, your left Williams. tackle of the future. But I mean, I think the real need, once again, is going to be on the defensive line. You know, if you look at the 49ers um, depth chart, you know, I mean, who's coming back off that defensive line? I mean, it's who's like young and ascending on that defensive line, Krug. Yeah, I mean, this to me, the defensive line is going to have to be completely remade. I mean, you've got Bosa, Armstead may come back, may not. Hargrave is there. Chase Young, I think, is gone. Mm-hmm. Randy Gregory, he's got a player option at 14 million. That's probably too steep. He's probably gone. Mm-hmm. Kinlaw, you know, if he gets any kind of good offer, he'll be gone. Um, otherwise, if Armstead's there, I could see him wanting to stay. Givens is a free agent. He'll probably get paid just mm-hmm. of the way NFL, you know, teams are. Sebastian right. Joseph Day is gonna move on. And Robert Beal will be back, but I mean, there's nothing, no consistency there. So I mean, you're talking about, and then you have Drake Jackson on injury. Drake Jackson, yeah. Drake Jackson, uh, and you've got you know some other guys, you know Ty McGill and that kind of thing, but they're older guys, veteran guys. I just think that you there, you know, there's a very good chance that they're going to have to replace Chase Young, Givens, Kinlaw, Gregory. I mean, the D-line, they may have to go D-line three, I, four times. I want times. them to, by the way. I want them to get younger and hungrier around yeah. Bosa. I, I agree. Like, that's I totally that's agree. the thing with their defense. I, I think they're missing some young, hungry talent on their defensive line. It's all just kind of established veteran players, and I would love a little bit of a youth movement. But I, I think that that's really the situation that they're in, right? You look at their offense. Their offense has a lot of promise of sustenance. Their defense looks like, hey, they built it up. They built this incredible defense now that they're going to have to go through a little bit of a period of retooling it, especially with Bosa and Fred Warner kind of making the money that they are. They're going to have to retool it where it's a lot of younger players surrounding those two guys. And we'll right. get to see the true evidence of their superstardom. Yeah, and then I love Graham and Winters at linebacker. Um, but right. the, And then the young DBs. I mean, this is why I was saying if Belichick doesn't get a job, they ought to go for Belichick just from the standpoint of, Developing you know, a looter of Womack. Womack, looter, uh, Lenore, Ambry, Jair, uh, Fonga. I mean, you have a co- collection of six or, you know, five or six really good young DBs that all need to be developed. And you got Belichick sitting right there. He's maybe the best defensive backfield coach in, in the history of the league. Uh, that would be hard to pass up. I'd, I'd cut him a big check to come over. We'll see. I, I, I can't see him doing it. Um, Cryptic says crazy what a quarterback can do. Brock Purdy makes me believe. Let's effing go. Let's flavor go. flavor reborn restorations. Bills <laughs> game had bad weather, a bad a bad defensive Ravens game. Lamar got nervous and dropped the ball. The Niners at full bore should mop the Chiefs. Wow, mop the Chiefs. Yeah. I don't know about mop anybody. Are, you know are, has anybody ever mopped Mahomes other than that I, one Super Bowl? Oh, I know. It just felt, and you know, that just felt like it was everything against the world against them there. Mr. 33 degrees. I, I felt so sick watching that game too because I thought oh. it could have looked like this a year ago if Garoppolo did what Brady did early in that game. Well, I will say this. The one thing I really liked in that game is I believe um, Tampa Bay threw some, not just their defensive ends, they also shot some gaps with some linebackers. Mm -hmm. And the Niners definitely, with Greenlaw and Warner, have the ability to do the same damn thing. Will they they time it as well? 
Um, Warner, or excuse me, um, Devin White's speed gave them issues in that game. Devin yeah. White, that that was an explosive running around everywhere, Devin White. Now, sometimes you'd be in the wrong spot, but just like in terms of pure team speed. But that's how you hitting, get Mahomes. Yeah. You got to rush him with smaller, faster guys that can smother him out. Who you were, he doesn't in Greenlaw? Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, I would blitz Jair Brown, you know, and see if I could, um, you know, get home. Um, I, I would look to blitz even a guy like Luter, a big bodied long arm corner with speed. I mean, he's he's got a dominant, there's a dominant speed about, about Luter. A couple last ones, Mr. 33 degrees. Do you guys, or do you think Chase goes off and proves himself? I hope Bosa gave him a big brother talk privately because he needs one. I do. I think Chase Young is going to go off. And I'll take responsibility and credit for it if it happens. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna go <laughs> off too. I think he's I think he's kind of it's it's a little bit of for whatever reason, this has been the week everybody has just decided to jump on him and criticize him. Know, and it's kind of just turned into that. But I, I feel like if you're Wilkes, if you're Kasarik, you gotta be in Chase Young's year. It doesn't matter what he's done the entire season. If he goes and does what Chase Young is capable of against Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor, he is changing his family's life this offseason. No doubt. Titus Moore says, with the many who Tooney and Naughty out, is that enough to create a bit of a 49, a bit, a bit of a blank to a 49er win? Asterisk. 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 For, oh, no, 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 no. There's no asterisk. Yeah. I really hope not. Also, why do you, why do you want to see? Was out in 2019. I'm still mad. I, I want to see um, Jair Brown win the Super Bowl MVP or Purdy because Whoa. Jair Brown, I could see making a ton of tackles against Pacheco, and I could also see him icing the game with a pick or two. He's that kind of a player. He can. He's a truly great player. I mean, J Jair Brown rises to the moment. I watched him in that Penn State-Utah Rose Bowl. This guy sees the moment in that game and just said, you know what, I'm taking this thing over. He did everything that day. It's in there. This guy's got special all over him, and you know they're going to run Pacheco. You know that he's going to be a big factor in the run game, and if the Niners get this game the way they want, you know they're, Kansas City's going to be throwing it late, and this guy's got you know the ability to pick off passes. So I, I would say I'm not going to bet a lot of things this week, but I may throw a shekel or two down on Jair Brown as your Super Bowl MVP just trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Because the odds on that, hey, you know, wow. are just infinitesimal. Okay, I'll, I'll give you. Three We've seen some DBs when when uh, Larry Brown won the MVP. Right. I mean, dude, Stephon Gilmore couldn't even win it though in eighteen. In a game uh, they held them to three points, they gave Julian Edelman the MVP. The way they give quarterback Super Bowl MVPs is utterly ridiculous. Okay, so I I got three for you, Krug. One Bosa. And he, it's this is in no order, but I want Bosa to win because I thought Bosa deserved it in 2019. One of the yeah. best games I've ever seen a defensive lineman play. It's unfortunate that he didn't get it. He got screwed. Second, I want Purdy to win it just because, oh, my God, would it not be great when we're having future conversations about Purdy to have <laughs> that, that one in the back pocket? Like, okay, thank you very much. So I want him to win it. And the frustrating thing for me is that I think – that he is going to have a legitimate, he's going to have to have a legitimate Super Bowl MVP performance to get it. He's not going to get the Mahomes 2019 
Super Bowl MVP where you play kind of, but they give you the MVP because you're Patrick Mahomes, right? They put the MVP on the name. And then you look in 2021, don't tell anybody. Stafford had the same exact game as Mahomes and they handed Cooper Cup the MVP. I wonder why. There's some narratives tied into it. So I need that pretty MVP, okay? And then the last one, I love Debo. He's my favorite player. I'd like Debo to win. Oh, Debo would be fantastic. I almost feel like Debo would be like, unfinished business He's made for that moment right oh being awesome it would be awesome but, you know what here's the thing krug he Debo deserved it the last game but they just gotten him the damn ball yeah but Debo or wosa winning it in the moment would be great but if we're thinking about futures we need purdy to win this yeah oh yeah yeah i mean just the ultimate i mean commute i mean it just it would be a movie if, if 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 it literally would be a disney movie that would be incredibly popular if Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, you know, won the Super Bowl, I mean, it would be as famous a story as this, as any in this generation. This is the NFL, man. This is the NFL. This is the biggest sport in America by far. And if Brock Purdy gets picked with the last pick and gets mocked openly in this whole story and somehow leads them and he leads them to the AFC championship, I mean, could you imagine the NFC championship? game um the movie could start with brock purdy's elbow getting ripped yeah. out right and then it could you're gonna direct it and it are could they gonna end, have you voice over it could end with confetti coming down and then you know an interview of krug interviewing purdy going hey man i believe in you man i believe in you <laughs> and then they hit credits and then he's like krug i did it for you bro I did it for you. You know I what? Did you it, know what you know I what, did though? it for the Krug show. For all, all Maybe that could be the name of the movie. The I did it for the Krug show. That's so funny, but for that would help the, the channel. I think that would help the channel. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. A, little bit. Just a, mo- a major bit. motion. For all the positivity called, that you've I, given them, I did it for they're the gonna Krug play. Show. They're gonna play in the voiceover. They're gonna play like you know how they're gonna show like him working out before the draft and say he's too small. They're gonna have all of these voiceovers. They're gonna have Larry Kruger saying, Vish. I don't know why they drafted this guy. This pick just doesn't make sense to me. And yeah, they're going to exactly. leave out all the positivity from you and only include that in the movie. Exactly. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be like Kruger's going to be the guy who doubted him to the bitter end. Right. Um, okay. Wait a second. We got this one. Larry, Mr. 33. Degrees, I did it for the Larry and show. Kev in Vegas reminds me of Vegas vacation. Thank you. Uh, Kevin, Michael, um, how much joy would it bring to you both to see the Niners win to see Nick Wright on his Monday show defending his never a doubt tattoo? And of course, he will not give Brock his credit. Uh, don't I don't get too caught up in Nick. I'm I, I, I'm over Nick. Well, what about how happy would it make you though? Oh my god, are you kidding me? I'd be absolutely elated. Um, you know, I, I've wanted this one. I mean, come on, man. It's like you. When you've got, I was in the new, I was in new Orleans. We were for, you know, first and I don't say we, but I mean, first and goal on the seven and, um, you know, no Gore, no Kaepernick and, you know, leaving there, missing that opportunity and the pick up 10 in the fourth and, you know, to lose that one and to lose it by as much as they did. I mean, come on, this thing, it hurts more because they've gotten close and, and, um, and haven't been able to seal the deal. But I, if this would be so satisfying, um, it would be absolutely be amazing. I, yeah, I don't know how I'd react. I'd, I'm going to be watching it with my 14 year old and my 17 year old. And I just can't wait. Pally says, realistically, I think the chiefs will win. My reasons are because Andy's better than Kyle. AFC defense is better than Purdy. Mahomes and Pacheco are better than the Niner defense thoughts. Pally go to hell. 
Go to hell, brother. No. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking. I don't want to listen to you anymore. Uh, you're too damn logical. Zachary Kelway, Fred Warner's MVP, most tackles, one forced fumble, and two picks. And Mark Jacobs, are the Niners being a two-and-a-half-point favorite a bad thing? You know what? I used to say, you know what? I know more than Vegas. Now when I see Vegas making one team a favorite, I lean into it and say Vegas knows. I said that against Jacksonville. I said that against Philadelphia this year. Neither of those spreads made sense to me. And look what happened in those games. So maybe this is a Niner blowout, and we're just not recognizing it. I'll think Who that's what Brad Pitt's going to play you for <laughs> the movie. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I did it for the Krug show. I or did I it for the yeah. I did it for the Krug show, uh, starring Brock, starring Larry Brock Purdy, or starring whomever is Brock Purdy, and Brad Pitt is Larry Kruger. Oh, that would be awesome, Manuel Guzman. $5. Thank you, Manuel Guzman with the Harbaugh he, he hat threw, on. He threw a chat right below. He said, my two favorite 49ers YouTubers, great way to start Super Bowl week. Let's go. Let's effing go. Um, all right. Let's, we're going to bolt. We're actually, actually going to call this a night, but I want to get vicious. One last thought on one of these topics here. And that is the field. We haven't talked at all yeah. about the field Vish. Um, it's interesting. I almost feel like somebody from the league might've gotten to Shanahan and just said, hey, look, we ain't changing the field. We'll do whatever you guys need to do to make it firmer, but shut the F up about the field because he was asked about it today, and he's like, well, things are better. It's actually kind of, you know, it's like, and it's like, well, wait a second. Are, do we have grave concerns or are things better? Or did somebody say, Shanahan, here's X number of dollars and shut up? Or, or did somebody, <laughs> you know, I mean, did somebody lean on the Niners and just say, hey, this is the freaking Super Bowl. You are not going to rip. Uh, your practice field, you're going to, you know, we'll do whatever you need to do to it, you know, um, short of recreating it. What, what, what do you think's going on? There's obviously the story we're getting and then the story we're not getting. Um, what do you think's actually going on with why Shanahan on Monday was dissatisfied with the field, but by Tuesday, he seems to be over it. Because I think that you just can't make it a talking point, right? Like yeah. he's the same guy who says that we don't practice with the wet ball because I don't want it to get into my players' heads. Well, if you keep talking about the bad practice field all week, it's going to get into their play heads and seep in the doubt. I think he's just reflecting the confidence of, look, this is the hand we're dealt, but in order to go win this game, as Steve Young said, you got to seize it with bloody hands. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Tony Rangini says Chiefs D-line will eat, need the run game to counter it. Tony, I, you're probably right, but I'm trying not to hear that. Um, hey, they're, they're scared. They're watching J Jake Brendel, Feliciano film right now and thinking, holy crap. Um, okay, last question before we get out of here. I'm going to be doing videos all week from Las Vegas. You guys know all the big spots in Las Vegas. Where would you like me to do videos from? If you were giving me a list of places you want to see videos done from we're going to do uh, one of the live streams from a balcony overlooking the fountain at the Bellagio. So that's going to be freaking cool. That's cool. That's going to be, I think on Friday, but where someone says the gutter, uh, someone said the, the sphere, should we do it from outside in front of the sphere? I mean, that's the question. Someone says Trump tower. 
Um, Vish, what do you think? Is there any place in Vegas? Someone says that circus, circus. Great. I'm gonna Dude, need a sh- I'm gonna need I, a shot of penicillin. I went to I went to Vegas once in my life. I think it was my sophomore year of high school. We had a soccer tournament in Vegas. We went to Vegas. We were not allowed to be on the floors during like tournament time, whatever. And, and then, dude, we did so crappy in the tournament. We got to like walk the strip finally at like night of Saturday night or Sunday night because we had one more game and we were heading out. And so, like, that's my only memories of Vegas. What I do remember, like, really enjoying. I don't know why this is my memory of Vegas, but I like the roller coaster at New York, New York. I don't know why. So, I went on that. I've been yeah, on that. If you if you've got something for me, go to New York and New York and and, and, and have a little bit of a maybe a little video by the coaster. Could we do maybe a you video? And Kevin, maybe you and Kevin vlogging you guys riding the coaster. The video on the coaster. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yes, I like video on the coaster. I might do that right away. I might do that like first thing. Oh, you're still a big coaster guy. No, are you kidding me? I'll probably vomit on this thing, but I'll oh, wow. might as well get it out of the He's way early. one for the team. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Um, where's this? Wait, somebody said, oh, here we go. Titus says, please do a video from the vault in the MGM Grand. Okay. There you go. The, someone said the strip. Yeah, of course, the strip. But where <laughs> yeah. on the strip? Where right. exactly? Just, um, just the streets. You're one of the <laughs> someone, street performers. Someone said Chippendales. Yeah, the last thing I'm going to be... Yes, here we go, Bob. Uh, here we go. Niner, Niner, Bang. Cosmo is the best venue, most modern. Someone said. Someone said. Someone said Mandalay Bay, Caesars. Bungie, the stratosphere of the MGM. Trust me, Bungie. Come on, dude. (laughs) Come on. That if you see me, someone said Hooters. That's crazy. Funny thing is, one of my memories is the hotel we stayed at had the world's biggest Hooters. Ate Hooters. Hooters twice when I was at Vegas last time. You know what? Seriously, I mean, if there's an I, if there's a Hooters, I probably should check out the Hooters because I mean, the bottom line is, it's all about the wings, and the wings are phenomenal. Yeah, it's Absolutely all about phenomenal. the wings. Oh, the wings! Have you ever had Hooters wings? They're second to none. I mean, I, absolutely second to none. I did not know that. Well, yeah, you oh. should go to the world's biggest Hooters. It's in Vegas. <laughs> uh, we got this one from Casey Moe. Chiefs fan here. Spags will throw stuff at Purdy that he's never seen before. What will he do if the middle of the field is taken away and can't and he can't hit his hots due to pressure? Ooh, look at Casey Moe painting he's a picture. Curl up, sit, sit, cross applesauce, and pray. That's I don't know man. if Purdy's even going to show up. Once knowing that no. Spags could be, you know, out there lurking. Now, I, I, what, you know, what, what do you think of his of his take here that that Spags is going to throw Purdy looks and confuse him, and it's, uh, it's the middle of the happen. field he's going to take away the middle of the field. And he's going to take his chances. Whiz down take his, his leg. chances, Krug. He's going to take his chances, and Purdy will have his moments where he's got got. But this is the difference with Purdy compared to what the 49ers were equipped with coming into the games with Garoppolo. Purdy offers a second element to the play. The play doesn't end if you get got on a play call because his athleticism is real. His creativity off schedule is real. He adds something in after the play is done. He adds something to the second part of the play. It's not the sexiest thing to watch, but it's very effective. So I, I, I understand all jokes aside, Casey Mo, I, I get what you're saying, 
But I do think that Purdy has an element off schedule that's being underrated here. Okay. I, I kind of agree. Uh, Larry says, or low that truth says Larry Giordano's is the fire pizza spot. Is, he, is that Giordano's like Chicago style Giordano's? Is it a recreation of Giordano's? They're calling Giordano's in Vegas a fire pizza spot. Low that truth 81. Come try it. Come try the truth in Chicago. Come on. <laughs> uh, someone says, I'd rather have Kaepernick at quarterback. Come on. All right, Vish, that's going to do it for us. Good, good stream. Um, man, over, you know, what do we got? Like almost 1,200 people in the room right now. Hit like and subscribe, everybody. Vish's channel's cooking right now. Vish, when when's the next time you stream after this? Do you not stream until post game? What's Thursday? Your, Thursday here on the Krug Show. Okay, Thursday here with Jesse. Well, well, but should we? I was thinking, should we, should we blow it out and invite the coach and just make it a freaking big old soiree? Since it sure, is, you Super got, Bowl. you got, you got, you got your entire weekend or evening booked out. I'll have my evening booked out. I mean, I'll you wake know, up, I'll, I'll power through and go to work on Friday. I'll power. I'm through. willing to talk less if, uh, if we should get the coach in here because coach and I did a stream Saturday. And I think it got like 25,000 views. Whoa. I mean, the people are digging on the coach. I, I even sent him a note on the way down of course here. Of like, they are. Coach is are, the man. Coach, they're just, they can't get enough of the coach. Um, I can't get enough of the coach. I'm actually totally in all jokes aside about the longer show. I'm totally in to do the four-way show. Let me know. I'm 100% in. And you then know the coach and I, speaking in. of the coach, the coach and I will be back post-game right after the Super Bowl. By the way, I'm sitting 10 subs away, guys, from 38,000. Can you get me to 38,000 before we say goodnight here? We're at 37,990. 37,990, which is a good number. But 38,000 like would be a great way to go into uh, our long drive from San Luis Obispo. I'm driving from San Luis Obispo to Vegas with Kev in the rental so, so uh, what's what's the uh what's the food of choice for the car what's the gas station <laughs> the gas station fare yeah uh that's a great question i you know we're gonna have to stop in the morning and and or stop you know before we leave and and gas up what will i get for the trip um you know maybe some some gummies not you know marijuana gummies or anything but you know maybe some Maybe some juicy fruits or some dots or some drops. You know, you're, you're a Pete Carroll juicy fruit guy. Yeah, I like a little juicy fruit. Maybe a little Mike and Ike. Do I go well, Mike I and like Ike? I like Mike and Ike. I like Mike, Mike and Ike. Ike. I, yeah. you know, I, I don't. I'm not afraid of Mike and Ike. Uh, what else would I? I, I might get um, a classic Coke to try to keep my keep me awake with a major jolt of uh, of you know sugar. caffeine and sugar. Um, there's some, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to really think over the candy thing. Maybe I might get some, something savory, like some, maybe some almonds, you know, munch down some almonds as I'm driving wow, through almonds. the desert, get a little protein, little protein. Yeah. You know, there you go. There you, you know, go. Trying to stay healthy. Keep my girlish figure. Um, <laughs> someone, my, Mitchell and Ness is get, wait, wait. Wait, where did, it's, chat's moving so damn fast now. I can't. All right, the chat's been legendary tonight. I've moving. enjoyed it thoroughly. It gas station tuna sandwich. <laughs> yeah, no, I will not be going sushi at the gas station. Here we go. Alive insurance gas station sushi. No. I, I won't I take live, those kind of chances. I, I live right next trip. to a Seven Eleven. 
Um, and every time I'll go down there with my friend, he'll always ask me, how much can I pay you to try that pizza? <laughs> I, Jeff- even my worst hour, I won't try that pizza. <laughs> Jimmy says jerky. Jedi says I can unsub and then resub. I don't think that I think I don't think that works. I think I think the math I don't <laughs> think the math makes sense there. Can you call ten good friends that are nearby? Um, and there's got to be of the of the of the thousand seventy five people that are in here. Oh, there we go, there we go. Look at that. Hey, hey sub sub to Vish Kumar and two while you're at it. If you're just throwing out free subs, you know, 000, I could use a couple there too. Thirty eight thousand oh one. We asked for we asked for nine. We got eleven, and we're over the top. Thirty eight thousand tonight. Thirty eight thousand. Unbelievable. There we go. Congrats, like Groove. That's huge. I feel like this is a um, you know one of those like telethons. You know what? Do it for the kids. You know, do it for the kids. Anyway, um, so I'm gonna catch a couple of hours of sleep on the couch, and then right around three thirty or so, Kevin and I are gonna get up and just roll to Vegas, and the rest of the week we'll be in Vegas. So Titus Moeller, will you guys give your Super Bowl picks on Thursday? Absolutely. I'll give you mine right now. I like the Niners 31-20. Chiefs have not lost a game this year, I don't believe, where they scored at least 21. So 20 is kind of their magic number. If you can keep them 20 or less, you got a great chance to win. I think the Niners can score in the 30s. Under Purdy, they've done it all year. So I'm going to say 31-20 Niners. Uh, Niners for the win. Niners on the cover. What do you think, Fish? How yeah, sound? I There's no way I'm picking against the Niners. Um, okay. in this game, uh, like I just, I can't do that Krug. Um, but also how confident I, are you though? I I'm not confident at all. Like I, I would probably 63, three like this. <laughs> if the team, if the team wasn't the Niners on the other side, just like given who the chiefs are, I'd probably pick the chiefs, but this is the Niners. So I'm not going to pick against the Niners in this one. I can't do it. I can't put that bad juju out there. Exactly. Exactly. I can't put it out there. You know who's the most positive guy last week during a stream right before the playoff game was coach. He's like, man, I can't even because I can't, you know, coaches normally can be very, you know, he's very real, let's just say. And so if he doesn't, if he's not feeling it, he's not going that direction. He was trying to be very, very positive during the Green Bay. Uh, you know, we did a short stream before the Green Bay game. Cause that was a Saturday game. We do a Saturday mm-hmm. stream. Um, so I'm feeling good, but I'm saying, I'm saying the Niners will win and cover. Um, we got this one that says nine, one, six, Mrs. Kruger says, no, Larry, not, you're not partying all week in Vegas. Uh, you know what? Uh, I, 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 I'm my own man. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm my own guy. You know, I kind of, I call I call Who's the shot put it all on Kevin. He's gonna put it all on Kevin. <laughs> Listen to me talking a big game. I call all the shots. Yes, honey. Yes, honey. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, here we go. Paul Sassenberger. Larry, do a video in Fremont on Fremont Street or in Fremont Street. Is Fremont Street a club or is it on Fremont Street? Fremont Street's probably a bad area. I get the feeling that maybe Fremont I shouldn't go to Fremont Street. I'm getting the idea that maybe Fremont Street's not healthy for me. I'm trying um, to see what's the emoji under there. Is that OBJ? I don't know. No, it's just DBJ. Can't read that. My vision turns out even green. He says 2020. I don't know. Your wife is watching you. 
She's got better things to do than to watch this crap. No, I'm just joking. This is great stuff. Alive insurance, Larry. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Thank you. And third string all pro, Larry's going to come back with a side chick. Oh, come on. Okay, I think uh, it might be time. Now it's time. Now, now it's time to call it. Now it's time to call a wrap. Um, all right. Kyle McKiernan, Larry is him. Don't get me. Don't don't make me happy and piss me off with one tweet. That right there does both. I'm like, hey, I'm him. But then I hate that com. I hate that that saying. But anybody is him drives me crazy. Um, Mark Grace is Larry wears the pants in the household unless his wife is standing next to him. Thank you, Mark. Mark knows how it. You know what? I'm sorry, and you're right, honey. Has gotten me to this point. Um, John Smokin says Larry's wife should sub. <laughs> yeah, come on. That's all I know. Is it that? And then maybe we can play fantasy football together next year. We'll put her in our league. Brian Castillo says do a video from the ice bar. Never heard of it, but I'll look it up. Um, <laughs> oh God, I'm not reading that. I'm not reading that. Uh, we'll get this one. Larry's wife sub decades ago. All right, that's gonna do it for us. Um, oh wait a second. So look, Niner Niner Bang Krug, don't miss Sapphire. You will feel best. Is that a good club? Okay, Larry, Butthead Larry's pronouns is him. Alive insurance. Larry needs to go call his wife. Let him go. Yeah, she's sleeping by now. And J forty nine. Larry will wake up with a baby strapped to him. Oh, great. Anyway, hey, good All stuff, right, Larry. Nice. Good I think stuff. it's time, buddy. It's time to go. We're going to pull the ripcord right here. Uh, tune into Vish. Check him out. He does great stuff. Tune in to us. We'll be in Vegas tomorrow. And until then, peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you